What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of The Fittest Guy in the Office. I'm Adam, and I started this podcast to help other guys who might be struggling in the areas that I was having trouble with, whether that's physically, mentally, financially. Whatever the problem is, I can probably offer a solution or at least bring on a guest who knows better than I do. Today, I talked to one of my good friends, Eric Ardito, who's a videographer who I've worked with a few times, and I use the word work very loosely, and you'll see why later on in the episode. We talked about time management and how he keeps his days productive while still staying creative. We also talked about things like insecurities and goals. We really just hit a lot of bases here, so get ready for a longer episode than usual, but it's going to be worth it. Eric, thanks for being here today. Why don't you tell the listeners a bit about yourself and who you are? Hey, yeah, I'm a, I'm a videographer and located in Denver, Colorado, or actually Westminster, Colorado, so I'm like 20 minutes outside of Denver, but um yeah, I traveled like all over doing camera work. I went to Iceland last year and stuff, and um, shit's been fun. Uh, I took a CBD bath bomb last night. Have you ever had a CBD bath before? I can't say I have, no. I uh, highly recommend. <laughs> What's uh, so special about it? Well, it's got like sort of CBD. You put it in like hot water in the bathtub. It's like a little bomb, and you just throw that shit in there, you know, kind of like, like – and um, – Throw that shit in there, and uh, you throw it in hot water. And when you get in after it's done, the uh, CBD kind of goes into your pores and stuff, and uh, just relaxes your whole body. I do like CBD. I, I've tried a couple of them, um, but I, I don't really know if it was just placebo or if it actually worked. But I felt no, no, the bath bomb worked. Like I got it at Whole Foods too. Like two for fifteen bucks, fifty milligrams. I was like, what a fucking bargain. <laughs> that's a yeah. That's a. That's a Colorado thing, though. Like, I, I don't think I can do that here. I mean... It, it can. You're in Canada. We, sure. Everything's illegal. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's regulated, though. Like, I, I don't think that we have... We don't have, we don't have cool products, that, like, in the States. We have, like, just straight-up weed, and then there are, like, some some products, some, like, edibles, but not, not, a, not nothing like what you get in Colorado. When's your birthday? January. It just passed. Fuck. All right. Well, Christmas. I guess I'll have to send you, like, a, a CBD bath bomb so you can, like, feel the power. Well, you know, yeah, I, I would have been able to try it had I uh, had I not been stuck in the airport for twelve hours last time. Oh yeah, tell everyone about how you stuck in the fucking airport. Holy <laughs> crap, that was so funny how you were texting me like I'm still at the airport. It was so funny. Yeah, um, <laughs> I yeah. So I I was I was in the Durango airport because I thought that it would be. My mom lives in Farmington. For those of you who don't know, my my mom lives in Farmington, New Mexico, which is a small town, three hours from Albuquerque, the Breaking Bad city. But mm-hmm. I. Durango is 30 minutes, 30 to 45 minutes away from my mom's house. So I was like, okay, it's going to be easier than driving to Albuquerque. So I, I went to Durango airport. Um, and then I waited for a while. I didn't even check in cause there was a line. So then I get up to the counter, the lady, it's such a small airport airport that the, there's no staff until they absolutely have to come out. So right at the time that we were going to check in, the, the lady was like, Oh, your flight's canceled. <laughs> so there, there's no sign or anything. There's nothing. Um, so all that time I could, like my mom had already left back to Farmington. Like I could have like just went back home. Um, so she was like, okay, well I'll put you on standby. No guarantees. I waited for three, for like four hours and then that flight got canceled. So more and more like throughout the day, five flights got canceled. The very end of it, they kept promising us like, yeah, you're going to get out of here. You're going to get out of here. Like there's another flight coming. That one will get canceled. Or the very last one of the night they were like, yeah, yeah, it's coming. So then they were like, oh, actually, they decided to go to Chicago. Go to Chicago. Yeah. Every time you have a delay, they're like, all right, we're going to send you to Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> Every fucking time. 
that was the worst part. I did actually end up in Chicago, but they, they, the guy was like, I'm going to try and convince them to come here. So yeah. like, what is this like a negotiation? Like, like what, what is yeah. it? I've never heard of this. So then, then he was like, uh, okay, so they're going to, what they're going to do is they're going to come here and pick all of you up to take you to Chicago. And then tomorrow, uh, they'll fly you back to Denver. So, I mean, obviously I, I was only going to Denver, like, like I was going to see like You're going on a layover. Yeah. I was on a layover. I was going to see you and, and a friend. So I don't want to go actually go to Chicago and back to Denver. So I was like, screw it. I'll just go to Chicago and then fly out. But I, it was mm-hmm. like, I didn't like 3 a.m. And they, they compensate like, you for any of this? Well, they, they did, but <laughs> they, they tried not to. But I, I, I got up at the de- to the desk and the lady was like, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to need a hotel because um, I'm, I mean, I'm flying out tomorrow. And she was like, okay, well, we, uh, we actually ran out of vouchers. And I was like, don't worry, we'll find some. <laughs> I literally said that she didn't say anything. She was just like looking at her computer because they knew that they couldn't bullshit any of us. And I, I even like instigated it for the people behind me. And I, I like, I yelled at someone for, uh, they, they, there was this old lady with me. Yeah. Yeah. They, they tried, she, she asked for a, a wheelchair and then they were like, Oh, we don't have one. So they, they, they wanted her to walk two terminals away. And, uh, she's like, she's like, uh, has like a oxygen and she's in a wheelchair and you know, all this stuff. So, I, I literally, I went to another uh, terminal. I went to another uh, gate, stole a wheelchair, and I was like, get in. And I, 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 I wheeled her to, the, to the, the customer service, which was far from me. Like, I was carrying a heavy bag. It was like a 15-minute walk. And then I, I yelled at them. I was, like, I, was like, I was like, this lady needs a wheelchair. She's getting accommodation. I, I listed all the things up. They were going to make her sit in the terminal. Um, she was like, as long as I can hook up my breathing machine and, and, and sleep in a corner, I'll be fine. And I was like, no, you're going to get a hotel. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah, Sounds terrible. United is the worst airline ever. Oh no, that's what happened to me too. When I uh, when I was flying from um, Denver to New York, I got delayed for like fifteen hours, and that that day I diverted my plane to Boston, and I was like stuck in Boston for a bunch of time, and it was just so I was not compensated for anything. They didn't feed oh, yeah. me. They didn't do oh, they anything. They have to technically, as, as long as it's because uh, someone made the mistake of, of mentioning that it was mechanical. There was something wrong with the engine, and they try to pass mm-hmm. it off as weather. If it's weather, uh, they, they don't have to. But yeah, it's weather. Well, they, they don't have to compensate you if it's weather. Oh, that's so fucked. So, tech, just because uh, that guy slipped and said that it was mechanical, um, I told everyone, like, I made a plan ahead of time. I was like, make sure that, that they know that you know that it's mechanical. So, everybody got hotel, except. Yeah. Except a lady, actually. A lady had two kids, and she, but she was yelling at the customer service, and they didn't give her anything. Oh, my God. It was, uh, I, I, like, I, I cut them, but, but, but didn't raise my voice. <laughs> <laughs> I always make sure and use the same boring tone of voice so that they can't say shit. <laughs> <laughs> they can't say you're rude or anything. I mean, I just start screaming at everybody. I just get so angry. I'm rude, but I'm not, I, don't, I, don't, I don't raise my voice. <laughs> I get so mad, dude. Like... I mean, even with the party my roommate threw the other night, I just get so angry, man. Like, I tend to overthink things, and, um, and everything just stays on my mind. Let's talk mm-hmm. about uh, overthinking, because you know that's a big theme in my life. So, And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people listening can, can relate to that. What do you, uh, you're, you're really productive and really organized, and you get a lot of shit done. So, so how do you deal with uh, overthinking? Uh, I'm actually not that organized. I'm just starting to like get organized in a way, you know, um, go through your process. Cause I, I actually like last time we talked, it was, it was a good, uh, for me it was helpful. So, I mean, 
it's just all about trying to i've been learning now especially with like my job in the google drive trying to like label things correctly make sure everything's in the correct folder and it's becoming a lot easier for me it's translated to to like my freelance i still do some freelance on the side so i'm working with like an eyelash company i never thought i'd be like in a salon doing eyelash videos for women but that's like pretty fun so i've been organizing the folders and everything correctly and it's really helped and i think the client is like, she's very happy with like how we're working together so like in that aspect it's translated but i never used to be like organized at all when it came to um creating content curating it um editing it everything's just kind of all over the place and it's still like in a way it kind of is but it's just getting better like i read a lot of books uh on organization and uh, the four hour work week is a really good book by Tim Ferriss. I feel like every creative has read this book, but I ne- they've never gotten through it. And to me, I like to take stuff from books and this takes certain points from it. So like, for example, um, six pillars of um, self-esteem by Nathaniel Brendan is another book I've read and oh, I mark everything in books. So like everything is, um, has a blue mark on it that I liked that I took something from mentally so when I go back, I can look and be like, all right, this is important to me. This is important to me. This wasn't important to me, you know? So kind of like reiterating thoughts. And I'm doing that too with the four-hour work week in terms of like organization, phone calls. Um, he likes to avoid meetings. I hate meetings too. hate meetings. I hate phone meetings. They're usually, um, no, they're usually useless. They could be an email. No, meetings should be longer than 15 minutes at all. Like... It's so ridiculous because like meetings, people just bullshit, you know, like I don't care how anyone's doing. Like, I just want to get the work done, you know? So it's just stuff like that. It's helping me like reading books and really like honing in on how to, how to be organized, you know? And I mean, I'm getting better. Like I got a lot, a lot on my plate. Like I'm probably the busiest I've ever been in my life. It's great, but just mentally, it's just tough to handle that. So you have to make time for yourself. That's why I do like the fucking CBD bath and shit, dude. I'm just trying to like make time for my mental health and and just take care of me because there's so much. Like even today, I got a text and like I've got to fully take over social medias for the three accounts that we have for my job because like someone else has to focus on something else, you know, and she can't uh, she can't manage it. She's kind of like overwhelmed, so like I have to take over. Even that, I'm just like, I, I, that's what I woke up to, like, fucking 20 text messages, like, literally 20 text messages, and I'm like, holy shit, okay, you know, so it's just a matter, like, after this, I'm going to be going to a Starbucks to, like, just work on stuff, you know, and trying to, like, hone in, and, uh, yeah, I, I try to stay hydrated, too, like, drinking a lot of water helps to, like, even just, for something as simple as staying organized, something as simple as drinking water really helps to, like, stay hydrated, and, uh, Help you stay focused. I hear a lot of people saying like, "I don't drink water all day," and I don't get that. Because do you just not talk all day? All day? Do you not move? Like, like if I don't, I'm sipping on coffee right now, but I, I, mm-hmm. I'll chug water first thing in the morning. Like I don't, I don't even play games. I'll, I'll chug a, an entire glass of water and then I'll start my day. I think it's so important because I cut out soda. Um, I drink wine sometimes. I like whiskey, um, but I don't drink too often. You know, like, even when I drink on the UFC fights, I don't get that drunk. I have, like, three shots, and, like, that's it. You know, so it's... Yeah, it's mainly just water, and uh, sometimes I have a protein shake and stuff. You know, so... I just, I mean, I'm, I just try to manage everything, you know, and try. I try not to get overwhelmed. If I do get overwhelmed, I ask for help. You know, so, like, 
depending on how overwhelmed I'm going to get with this, I'm going to either like ask for help or just either if I can't get help, then I do the best I can. That's one thing that's so important to me too, is asking for help when you need it. You know, like a lot of people don't like to ask for help. They feel like embarrassed or they have like an ego or a pride thing. And it's just like, bro, if I can't do it, like somebody else got to do it. <laughs> so I'm asking for help. Getting done, right? If you, if you can't yeah. do it. Either way, it's not good. Like one way you'll get it done, one way you just won't. So I, I, that was a big for me too. I, I never used to ask for help, and now I almost sometimes ask too much help. But I because I some you, you can kind of go down that rabbit hole like, oh, it's getting help is really easy. So then you expect everything to be done for you, or you expect like a certain outcome from yeah. you when you actually have to be the one to do it. So well, it should only be like when you absolutely need it. Right. And when it's like, when it starts taking a toll on like your physical and your mental health, you know, it's like, so important. Like, like let, let's talk about that because I, I think first of all, as, as men, we don't, we don't talk about it and it's something that affects everyone. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it might affect men more than women because women uh, are, have a tendency to talk about it more and men just kind of like bottle it up. Yeah. Um, I mean, even now, like I'm really like, you can see it in my eyes how tired I am, you know, just because um, I'm just working so ridiculously hard and it's just so much going on. I feel like it never stops. That's the thing, you know, like I, I get to the point where I value days where I don't have to leave my house, you know, and um, I mean, I see a therapist every other week just to uh, to like calm myself and stuff and just seeing a therapist that's right for you though, right? Because like you're going to go through so many I feel like you should find, if you're going to find a therapist, you need to find one that's going to be, I guess, relatable to someone who's important in your life, you know? So, um, so like my therapist, um, is similar to my dad. So uh, my dad's not around anymore. So I have my therapist and he was born the year after my dad was born in the fifties, 1957. And, um, everything's kind of just relatable and, um, it's very calming to have that like presence and influence, you know, so finding the right therapist is so, so important. And, um, just being honest with yourself, like, do I need a mental health day? Do I need to, uh, rest up, you know, cause I don't know, like I was raised by parents who were born in the fifties and it was always just like, get it done. doesn't matter. Are you dying? Then you're fine. You know, like we only, like you only go to the hospital if you die, you know, and nobody needs to see a shrink. And those are like the terms that were here growing up. And now that I'm like, I mean, I suffer from anxiety and like a panic disorder. You know, a lot of people say they have anxiety, but they like, they don't know like anxiety, anxiety. You anxiety know, like being anxious are two different things. Oh yeah, you know. So that's really tough too to try. Like, I feel like I'm over. Like I'm trying in a way, like my therapist tells me it's never going to go away. It's just going to become more manageable. So it's always going to be there, you know? And to me, that comes down to just acceptance and accepting a lot of the fact that like, okay, I do have like mental health disorders, you know, but I can manage them. They're always going to be here, but they're only going to get more manageable as I address them. And um, as I keep progressing with how to deal with them. I think that's kind of, um, counterproductive to tell you that like it might be true but i think like telling you like it'll never it'll never go away is kind of it could be damaging in itself because i don't think so no? i think uh i think it's just because because it comes down to acceptance and to me that's realistic you know like it's a panic disorder you know it's like when you have um when you have like alcohol addiction like 
I mean, these people are in, you know, these uh, AA meetings for the rest of their life based on alcohol addiction, you know? So like that addiction, they, they get told that too. It's never going to go away. So that's why they're in meetings for the rest of their life. Because like sometimes people slip up, like you miss one meeting and they're right back at it, you know, drinking, you know? So to me, that's a realistic output or um, standpoint, you know, because it's just like, it's a, a mental health disorder. You know, it's not like a disease that can be cured. Like it's an actual disorder. You know, so like when you're an addict, that's like a disorder. That's something that's like in your brain that something's wrong with it, you know. So like yeah. it's hard to rewire that and it's always going to be there. Yeah. Okay. You, how did you go about um, getting it, like finding your therapist? Because I think for um, for a lot of people, it's like they don't know where to start. And also are there a lot of a lot of factors So like. Does, is it covered by insurance? Like, where do you find a good one? Is, is this person qualified? Cause I, I know for me when I was, we talked about this before, but, um, I didn't want like, uh, I didn't want like a high school counselor, you know, like I don't want a counselor. I want someone who, who knows what they're talking about. Not someone who just like, you know, you know what I mean? I don't want anything. Ba- I, I want, what I would like is like a psychiatrist, someone who can like diagnose me. Cause I self, I, I have problems with self-diagnosing also. So like, how yeah. You just look them up online, I think, right? Yeah, um, I think there's a website. I think it's like, I think it's psychology.com, but I forget. Oh, there's a is uh-huh. it today.com. No, I think it's just psychology.com, but there's a website, and if you type in like your zip code, all the therapists will come up, right? So pretty much a lot of the majority of them have like a bio, and you just read about them. And you find out, oh, okay, this person is, like, relatable to me. This person seems like they don't understand. So I let them have a bio, and then you figure out how to contact them, right? Me, I pay out of pocket. I pay 80 a session, which is, like, you know, unfortunate. I mean, because it's like, it's like seeing a personal trainer or something. So it's not like you're yeah. not going to have that covered by insurance either. Yeah, and it's every two weeks that I do it. So, yeah, I pay out of pocket. And, um I don't know. I wish my insurance would cover it. It'd be nice, but I mean, my guy, um, you have to find when he's flexible too. Like my guy, he does, um, Skype sessions and stuff too. Cool, so like yeah. if I were to move, like you can literally do like a Skype session with him and it'd be like just as productive. Of course, it's not like the same as being in a room, but it's still like, you're still talking to the same person and they still know you and understand you. So I think that's something that's very beneficial too, is finding one that, um, is willing to do that. So, um, yeah, it's just, a lot of people, they go to therapy and they forget, um, not forget, but um, they have a bad experience with one, you know, and they're just like, oh, I don't want to do it. Like my sister, too. Like, um, she doesn't want to pay out of pocket. Her job doesn't cover, like, really therapists. So um, she had one, and she saw her a few times, and it wasn't a good experience for her. So now she probably never wants to do therapy again, you know? And I just recommend, like, finding the right one, you know, whether that's going through like three, five people, because once you find that person who's like, they're licensed to do this, they have all the experience and they know you and you get along with them, that is so valuable, you know? So go through like three or three to five of them or a bunch of them and, you know, find the one that's right for you, you know? And a lot of people too, they, um, when they're in therapy, they think the therapist isn't right for them because um, they don't want to accept that what the therapist is telling them is true. You know, so they'll go through like a bunch and all those therapists who tell them the same shit and they just don't want to accept it, you know? So it's another thing too, it's just like 
I guess, kind of being ready to accept like a harsh truth <laughs> in a way and um, being ready to, you know, accept your character flaws. That's one of the reasons I'm off Instagram right now. I have been on for like three months at this point. Cause I'm just trying to work on a lot of character flaws as well. You know, besides like trying to focus on my job and my uh, camera work, but also just trying to focus on my mental health and focusing on, you know, what my flaws are and how can I improve them. Like I hold grudges, I have like, you know, a lot of anger issues. So that stuff is, you know, shit that I'm working on. I did the same thing. Actually, I took a, I think even longer than you in the summertime, it was when I was competing. And so I had so much stuff going on and I just took a break from Instagram and I realized that it was a toxic environment. I, I was yeah. doing things that are just ridiculous. I was on Instagram six to eight hours a day Damn. Not, for not getting paid. The only time that I was getting paid was with brand deals. And sometimes they were contracts like with, I had a contract contract with Jed North. Uh, it was, it was just for like, $150 worth of, of clothing every, every month. So like some things weren't even paid, but they were kind of paid, you know, like, and I, the entire time that I was on Instagram, I probably made less than a thousand dollars. So I think, well, I mean, I got a client or two also out of that, but it wasn't yeah. the amount of stress and like just unrealistic goals that I was setting for myself. I was um, like perfectly editing everything. Every, I was not myself. I was a character. And so then when I, I yeah. from Instagram, I didn't know what to do because I didn't know like who I was. I was just like, I was Instagram. <laughs> so yeah. I stepped away and now it's completely so much better. I, I just have a clear image and yeah, it's, it was just, it's just, just so much better now stepping back and looking. I feel like me as well. Like I just didn't have a clear image of like what I wanted to be or what I wanted to pursue, you know? And um, I was just wasting so much time. I mean, I got, probably like 80 75 percent of my clientele from um instagram which was good so it's how i made my money but then like i got an actual like job with create you and um that's when i realized too i'm like well i don't really need instagram to like make money anymore like my job's solid everything's cool so i'm like all right this is a perfect time to like take a break you know because i don't need it to make money right now and i want to see like how i act without having it and um i feel like i've only gotten better you know, and I'm not going to be back on it till April, like the end of April, like the beginning of April, you know, because um, I just I just feel like it's not healthy. And when I do get back on it, I don't want to be on there like all fucking day like I was before. And um, saying I wish, I wish, I wish, and I would never like act on it, you know, like now I feel like I'm acting on like a lot more stuff that I've always wanted to do with my life. Like I've always wanted to learn how to box. So now I'm like, I hired a boxing coach and I've just been boxing like every weekend. It's just like a hobby, you know? And um, so I've been doing that. Uh, my buddy Josh does hip hop dance. So I've been doing that as well. It's just like, I feel like Instagram is always just about, you know, I wish, I wish, I wish I was this person. And instead of like saying I wish, like I'm now I'm actually taking action by not having it, you know? And that's not to say like Instagram is just horrible fucking horrible app and it's so toxic and whatnot i mean you can you can like build a great business off of it and uh, be successful and you can like you know be on there and be mindful of your time and shit but for me it was just i was just not productive as as, as productive as i wanted to be and it was just fucking toxic well it's also about one up and one upping each other it's not necessarily um like i wish like these people are doing these things but who most of them don't have any money anyway. A lot of people are broke. 
I yeah. mean, they're broke. They're they're putting everything on the card. Who who knows what's going on behind that? But it's not a real business. Most of them don't have real businesses, and they will never have real businesses. That's that's like what what made me realize like I don't actually want to be like these people. I want what they're pretending to have. So yeah. like I can create that for myself without being without degrading myself and being an idiot. And I think too like the iPhone showing the screen time and stuff for seeing how much time you're spending. When you start looking. You're just like, holy shit, I'm spending five hours on this or five hours on that. What's you know? the on that? Like, what's the return for that? Almost nothing. <laughs> yeah, you know, to me, time management is just everything. And that, that goes for your work, too, right? If, if you're not, if you're just hanging out with friends and, like, watching Netflix and doing whatever you want, you're not yeah. making time for you to build something for yourself, then you probably don't care about it that much. Or you don't believe you can do it. Yeah, so, like, we have a content calendar, so that's so useful looking in the Google calendar to see, like, when something needs to be done. Like, I, I pretty much live off a of Google calendar, and I know, like, all right, I need to do this video by the 14th, or I need to do this video by the 16th, or whatever, right? So, like, it's good to be able to get ahead and, like, finish stuff so you can have that time with your friends. And that's what I'm saying. Like, that's another thing. I've gotten more organized just because of my job. They wanted to make a Google calendar. So, I'm like, uh, okay. So we did that, and now we've got the calendar for content calendars for all three um, businesses, and um, that's just helped a lot in terms of like getting organized and making sure that I get ahead and get all my work done. Most useful is um, actually I went old school, and I I have been fighting people about this for years about journaling, but it's actually so helpful for me because I I write in pencil also, so like just completely erasing things that I'm like, oh, that's a good feeling. That was, that was a blank page because I already got all these things done, or like just little. Yeah. That, that that trigger my brain it's like a i'm against it <laughs> yeah I, I i used to be too because i think it's dumb like like when it's forced but i i find myself mm-hmm. grabbing my my journal because i have to like write down ideas i usually it's like an idea journal it's not really there's like, only one reason i'm against it though why i have horrible handwriting but i write like a second grader so and i write i can't read my own handwriting so i'd be totally down if i could have like better handwriting maybe a maybe voice voice memos would be better for you possibly okay, or yeah. like in, the, in the notes app my because i use both i use google calendar the notes app and a journal so my my ideas are all over the place but i know that they're like concentrated in those three places <laughs> yeah so i mean that's good though because like me i know my business is concentrated in three places which will be my email slack have you heard of slack Slack is too much for me. There's too many channels and too much going around. It's like a distraction for me. It's good for like just work. That's the thing for my job. It's really good because I have, we have three channels for the general, which no one posts in. We have media, which is the team and a media review where we post all the shit to like be reviewed, you know, and um, that's it. So three channels, which is good. I mean, when I was 16, I wasn't like this. Now I'm 25 and I'm just like on time or like early for everything half hour early whatever you know because i'm just like counting down the minutes you know like it's um it was like 9 45 right and i'm like okay cool i have time to put some pants on like, i didn't have any of this on i'm like i have time to put pants on jacket hoodie and i'll be good i have time to feed the cat i was listening to fucking taylor swift before i came on this damn show oh, man and texting you. my friends bought me uh before i left for france i studied in france for a year when i was 20 but before I left, my friends bought me a Taylor Swift poster. <laughs> I feel like everyone should do that, like live in a different country for an extended period of time. They should. How was that? Is that fun? 
I wouldn't be who I am today had I not studied abroad and had I not, I went back a few times also. So I studied abroad when I was 20. I, I spent a year in France mm-hmm. then I went back, uh, two years later or a year later, um, for, for three months, I lived in Paris mm-hmm. and I went and then I moved to Canada. So I've been in Canada for four, for five years. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I've, and I've traveled all over the place. I traveled all over Europe when I was living in France. And then uh, I, I just got Mexico. back, as you know. <laughs> Mexico! The, 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 the never-ending Mexico trip. Yeah, so I, I just got back from Mexico. Not just. I, I, was, in, I was there in August. Maybe much, you basically just got back. This damn project will never end. So for, for, for those of you who don't know, let's go back to the beginning. So Eric and I met at Super League when I was competing. The very first, no, the second, the second Super League that I, that I ever did was in uh, Vegas. So we met there because you were working with a guy that was also competing. And I don't know why we kept in contact because we had a very brief conversation. But It was like a five-minute conversation. I just added you on Insta. And like, I just, I don't know, I just was posting stories and you were to respond to them. So we just got to talking. Yeah, so we, we kept in contact over Instagram. So that's, that's one good thing that came out of our Instagram career. Uh, that's, that's, yeah. So, um, we kept in contact and then I, we would, we were, we were going back and forth cause I was, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I was like, okay, YouTube, I, I'm going to make Instagram videos. I was like all over the place with my content. So I was, I kept like bouncing ideas off of you. You sent me like a few rep, uh, proposals and I, I never like got a, took action cause I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do. Yeah. But, but yeah, so, so now we actually start working together. It's, it's my, my Mexico trip. I did to just throw myself into backpacking because I do that. I like to throw myself into new things. I hate backpacking. Um, <laughs> now that I, now that I've done it. You tried to get me to go with you. And I'm like, man, Cancun looked miserable. Cancun was a fucking nightmare. <laughs> so you guys are going to have to watch these blogs. Once these damn blogs come out, we'll finish them eventually. But so yeah, Eric and I worked together on, on these vlogs. So I vlogged the entire trip purposely on my iPhone. Cause I wanted to show that you can do this without, having expensive camera and being just perfect. I was, as you can attest to this, I was absolutely not perfect. My speaking was horrible. My filming was horrible. The conditions were, were not optimal, but I did it. I, I, I vlogged everything and it's done. These vlogs have been the longest project I've worked on. And it's like the most, the most uh, irrelevant, like useless project that you'll ever do because I, <laughs> I have no platform. I'm not even on YouTube at the moment. So <laughs> losing my mind. <laughs> It's not even fun at that point. No, the, the Mexico vlogs aren't even fun anymore. Really. They weren't fun to begin with. I hate them, but uh, but I I set out to do this, and I'm going to do it. So I'm going to I'm going to finish it. Um, yeah. So like, tell me more about your like. You started as a freelance videographer, a photographer. Then you went to videography, and then now you're you're working with Create You. So tell me about that that process. Yeah. So. <sighs> My God, I feel so old. It's been a long time. It's crazy too, seeing like how the industry has like changed and everything. So like, started like in 2013. I took this one photography class. I started just like doing like a phone. I did like a phone vlog with my friend Cedric, who was like rapping and stuff. And uh, I was like following him around and documenting that journey. Then I started using my camera for it, and um, I don't know. I just started just following him around and um, doing videos and stuff for him. And then our, uh, our friend Chris died in a motorcycle accident. So it inspired me to like become more and do more of my life and become, um, you know, I just have more purpose and stuff. That's why I like when I say like, I feel like everyone should live in a foreign country for a certain period of time, like a year. It's just to like get out and live life and experience something new. Like me, um, I'm going to South Korea next month 
for eight days, just to get off topic a little bit here, but I'm going to South Korea next month for eight days. And if I like it, then I, I have interest in living out there. Like I've always wanted to like live in a different country, especially one where they don't speak English. So I feel like that would really challenge me and um, harness my character and help me grow more as a person. How it ties into fitness is that I, um, I was going to the gym a lot and I was training to like beat someone up who like took my girl from me. So I started training like how aesthetics at the gym and I was strong as fuck, man. I was doing like 10 sets of 10 for everything. I was on some real military ass training, bro. I started training with this fucking Venezuelan guy who was like 50, but he had fucking biceps bigger than my thighs. I mean, it was wild. So I was training and then I, uh, I met this guy Delson at the gym and he was pretty popular. Everyone liked him and stuff. And uh, I had watched the Conor McGregor fight. You know, and um, Connor was like on his come up. This is before like the Connor, like Connor became champion and everything. I was watching him before that, right? I'm a hipster. And um, <laughs> I uh, watched the Connor fight. Now I see the way the UFC would like put together their promotional packages and videos and stuff. And I'm like, damn, I want to do something like this, you know, fitness and shit. So I hit up Delson and um, we did a video and we did one video and everyone wanted a video, right? After that, I'm, they're like, how much do you charge? I'm like, uh, I don't know, $50? Yeah, I had no idea like, how much to charge at the time. And um, so, yeah, I started doing videos for everyone at the gym. And then the owner started taking notice. And then, you know, he got mad at me and tried to sue me. So I was making money off his members by doing videos. So He's I had like, um, I had a frivolous lawsuit. <laughs> Which means it's not a lawsuit that's being threatened that's not going to happen. So a frivolous lawsuit. And um, yeah, so I had that and I couldn't make videos at that gym anymore. So I started expanding and I'm like, all right, well, fuck you. I'm going to go record football players. So I started working with fucking CFL players. So I worked with um, Chris Rainey, who plays in the Canadian Football League. And uh, I worked with a couple guys like that and, um, you know, a bunch of other people. And then I got involved with the Birdos. I got involved with Andre Birdo and started... Um, working with that guy and uh, he's a boxer he fought a, he had a big fight with Mayweather he's been like a world champion he's traveled everywhere and uh, I worked with him for a little bit and then um, after he flew me out and I got back from uh, LA I was still working at Family Dollar so I was still like part-time freelance and after that quit Family Dollar and I fucking started freelancing um, I moved to Colorado Colorado so I thought I could make more money the opportunities would be better I could grow as a content creator when I moved here, I started doing videos for, like, not just athletes, but um, barbers, tattoo artists. I started doing tattoo videos for the tattoo artists for the uh, Denver Nuggets. I started doing, you know, eyelash videos, like I mentioned. Um, still doing gym shit, um, portraits, family portraits for photography and stuff. So I started, like, doing all this different, you know, shit to, like, expand my uh, portfolio. So I started doing, like, bikini shoots for women. I started doing... Um, you know, like the Iceland trip, that was a sponsored trip by companies and they sent me product. And, um, you know, I did a video at the plane wreck and in Iceland promoting a jacket, you know. So just I expanded so much in the past, like, two years to become, like, you know, who I am today, which is really good. So Colorado has been, like, it's a great state. It's been nothing but good to me. But I definitely, like, have interest in living in a different country um, I still have interest in living like back in Florida. I mean, I want to go to like a third world country and like, you know, help like build a village or something or do like, you know, some diff something different, you know, like I have this, you know, um, call to adventure, 
to do all this different stuff before I die, you know? I feel like I'm pursuing everything that I want to do or that um that have that I have interest in, whether that be boxing, whether that be dance, whether that be going to a different country. So, so I say it all the time, like if I died today, or if I died, you know, tomorrow in like an accident or something, I'm okay with dying because I know that like I'm doing everything I can to pursue my goals and happiness and what I actually want to do and pursuing the interest instead of just talking about it. You know, I'm actually like, you know, boxing on weekends. It's a hobby. You know, my goal is to not like be a fucking champion or anything. I'm just, you know, doing it as a hobby. I want to learn. I think it's a fun thing, you know? So I know I'm actually like on the path of enlightenment and pursuing this shit. And uh, if I died, I'm okay with it because there is no like, oh, I should have done this or I should have done that. There's nothing like that right now, you know? So I know I'm on the path to doing what I actually want to do. So yeah, that got kind of dark. No, that's, that's, that's good. Cause I, I've always, there's some things that I've always wanted to do too. Primarily it's like having a multiple six figure business, not because of the money, but because it's a successful business. But uh, yeah. Like, yep. You want the, you want to like, you want that pride, you know, and be like, yeah, look at what I've created. Right. Yeah, most of it is like creating something for myself because I mm-hmm. I know that I'm a horrible employee. I hate working for other people. I've been fired from lit- literally every job that I've ever had because I I either I just don't get along with the management. The management's not competent. I I can I find another way to do it and they're not accepting of it. Um, you know, like most a lot of management doesn't want to doesn't want someone some young guy trying to innovate what they've already established because that's how it's always been done. Yep. I've always been an entrepreneur. I've never been an employee. And just recently, actually, I was working with uh, Lexus at, uh, at the Canadian Auto Show. So I was supposed to travel with them. I did the Montreal show and I was supposed to travel with them in Toronto. And, uh, and they were going to bring me to Vancouver. Everything was paid, uh, paid really well. I actually got even $5 an hour more than I was, more than I was supposed to. Um, meals, every, everything was perfect. And, and I just didn't care. I, I, I didn't care to learn all the stuff I didn't, I just didn't want to be there. And so they were, they told me, they were like, we need, like, we need someone who wants to be here. So, so like, I, I'm not going to the Toronto show. I'm not going to Vancouver. And I, I was disappointed at first because I really liked the team and I had, I had fun with them, but I hated the job. It was 12 hours a day. Um, just in a showroom with the cars. Like we, it, it wasn't lug- It's a luxury brand, but there was nothing luxurious about this. And it actually opened up my eyes. I'm, I'm not supposed to be doing those things. I'm supposed to be working on what I'm supposed to be doing, like what I want to create. So that was actually a huge blessing in disguise. Like I missed out on a lot of money, but now I'm creating something for myself. So that's true. Like I'm, I know for a fact I'm missing out on, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars by not having into and like not, you know, being able to get the clientele. Like, I mean, I just did, I just did a charity event this past um, Sunday. The best part was in Colorado. Everybody came out and $20 haircuts, all the proceeds go to cancer, right? And um, I know for a fact I could have like used that as like a marketing tool if I had my Instagram, you know, and gotten a lot of like clientele from it and stuff and made a lot of money. But to me, it's just, it's not about that anymore. You know, um, to me, it was about, you know, the event itself, creating memories. Cause I'm taking these pictures. I was the photographer for it. I'm taking these pictures. And I'm like, it's not about me. It's not about the money. It's just about 
you know, doing a good job and not getting any credit for it. Because if you don't get credit for something, that's okay. A lot of people are like, I need my credit. I need my tag. You have to tag me. You have to put me in this. My ego doesn't need that like validation anymore. Like, I know I do good work and I don't need you to tag me. Um, I don't need you to know who did it. And if they do want to contact me, they'll figure out a way. But like, I'm not itching for it. Like I'm good. And um, I work with people who have like half a million followers and they don't fucking tag me because they can't sit down on my Insta. Like, that's just validation that doesn't like fulfill me. You know, like my goal is to do great work you know, and for the people I do to work for to enjoy it and just be happy. Charity event for Nick, I didn't even get paid, you know. I You got to, you were able to give, like it's a gift that you were able to give. Gift, yeah. You know, I was talking to my best friend Cedric about it and I was like, man, my problems are so, like, they don't mean shit compared to someone who's just like fighting, you know, an illness and stuff, right? I had a friend named Nicole and uh, she ended up dying of cancer a few years ago. And it's like, Every time I would talk to her, bro, I just get so humbled and so, um, you know, I'd be like, why am I stressing about this? Because like, this shit doesn't matter. You know, like my problems do not matter. I mean, this girl is still like, I mean, Nicole would go to college, like class every day with like a new wig on and, you know, go to school. And that was like her enlightenment to be happy to like go to school. And um, that's the shit that like brought her joy in her like time of cancer because she's so grateful you know even though she's fighting cancer that she had like you know the opportunity still to like be able to do that shit my, my mom actually had, had breast cancer but even before that i i organized uh saint baldrick's which is a kids cancer organization so i, I organized three consecutive events for them shaved my head the first year um mm-hmm. Like, I, I think every every one of those events was over 30K that we raised. My friend's mom had cancer in high school, so I organized, like, a, a benefit concert for her. I got local musicians, and I, I literally harassed everyone all the time, like, for, for months. And, and I was able to get people there. I got the venue. I did everything myself. You have to give it your all, you know? Like, that's taking a chance. That's taking a risk, you know? Like... Could be no one, could be 100,000 people. You never know. You have, mm-hmm. you have your chance and be selfless. It's just beneficial. And you have to look at like the whole picture when you're when you're doing stuff. And it used to be like that. I used to be like that. And um, we all used to be like that. I like, I like talking to people and finding out their work ethic, you know, and seeing how to improve it. Like you've improved your work ethic since I've known you like tremendously. Like you're... Sure, even since the, like, like, a month or two ago, I, I've always, my, my fitness never suffers. Like I always go to the gym, but my, mm-hmm. my whole life, the rest of my life suffered a lot. Yeah. It was actually because of me, like, uh, the, the self-worth, like self-doubt, like all this stuff. You're just unhappy. Yeah. Yeah. It was more me self-sabotaging and, and saying like, I can't do this because, or I, I'm not, this is not for me or I'm not able to do this. Like, just integrating healthier habits, better habits, like uh, mental health. I didn't care about my mental health before. I legitimately said to myself, I don't care about this. And that's why my my life was just like crumbling because I wasn't taking care of myself. I was taking care of myself physically, but not mentally. Yeah. I mean, like yeah, your habits are who you are. You know, like 
if you hit the snooze button, like, I mean, people say this shit all the time. It sounds corny, but like, take a cold shower. Like, cold showers are so, so beneficial, especially too if you're having a panic attack. Like, jump in a fucking cold shower. Like, that shit is going to hit you like a truck and you're going to forget that you're even having a panic attack because panic attacks all created in your head. That's it. And do something else to take your mind off of it. And it's easier said than done, right? So the reason the cold shower is so beneficial when you have a panic attack is because just, you know, being more productive, being able to be ready for your morning, you know? Because um, when you do the cold shower, you're just like, oh, shit, okay, I'm ready to go, you know? So that's really good in the morning when you're tired as well. You know, so stuff like that is just so, so beneficial, man. Like, I can't, I took one this morning. It's a, it's a game changer. My, uh, some, someone, one of the guys in my, one of my free groups, he, he suggested uh, the Miracle Morning. I don't know if you've heard of it, but um, mm-hmm. I got it on, uh, on Audible a couple of days ago. And just today, like, just, just, um, just doing a couple of things that the book says, I'm, I'm more productive. Um, it was more, it's more the waking up thing like it's setting up your setting up your uh, your morning from the very beginning so normally where i would have uh i would have checked linkedin or i would have checked so other social media or answer emails or whatever and just to stay in bed that extra amount that extra usually it's not a few minutes it's usually like 30 plus minutes that i stay in bed um yeah got my ass out of bed and didn't even look at social media until I had to until I had a, a client call. Um, so I was, I was like looking at his LinkedIn. It was a sales call looking at his LinkedIn yeah. thing preparing. So I didn't even look at that. Um, I got up uh, earlier than I usually do. I just like, just like little habits. It's nothing special. No, nobody's going to be impressed by what I say. Cause it's like these little things. But for me, it was like oh, it was a game changer. Even, even something so little as setting the floss out so that I can floss. Like it's literally just seeing that, that out. And it sets me up for the rest of the day. And all that shit's going to add up, like the dental floss being out. So, like, all right, fuck, okay, I got a floss. And it's going to help you in the long run. And, for, like, that's the thing. You won't even notice it until, like, you know, way after. Because you're like, oh, shit, I'm doing this, you know? Or, like, oh, shit, like, even when you're in a gym, you're like, oh, shit, I'm doing my form right now, you know? And now I'm seeing benefits, you know? Like, my chest is getting bigger, so I'm doing my form right, you know? Oh, that's like, even when you're bulking, like me, I went from, when I was in the gym a lot, I went from 134, I was so skinny. I went from 134 pounds to um, 168. I didn't even notice, right? Right now I'm 165. (laughs) Yeah, so I felt, I felt small still. But when people would see me, they'd be like, holy shit, you know, like, it was crazy. Like I had biceps, like as big as my friend, you know, Nick, and I'm like, what? I, I, I still didn't see it. You know yourself, or you see yourself every day, so you don't notice these these, these changes. But yeah, day to day, you you can change so much just by just by using, just by by implementing something new every day. And the the last thing is give a little bit of tough love for the, the listeners, the ones that really need a kick in the ass. Like, what is something that you wish that someone would have told you a long time ago that would have saved you years of struggle and just hardship and would have just made your life so much easier. I wish I were to learn that at a younger age to be more accepting of my insecurities. And, you know, like I, I used to like not even like the, I have like a mole on my chest and I never used to like it, you know, and um, just accepting that is like part of me. And that's, you know, who I am, you know, like, um, it's just like, I mean, I don't like my body. There's a lot of things about me that I just don't like, but realizing to accepting like, I realized too when I was doing fitness and working out a lot, 
no matter how big I got, I still was like unhappy, you know, and that's just a testament to my self-esteem and um, not being comfortable with who I am, you know? So just, I mean, I can't say I'm like comfortable with who I am now, but I'm more comfortable with who I am than I was, you know, a couple years ago. Like who you are comes from, stems from childhood, from a very, very young age. And um, I just wish someone would have instilled that in my head earlier to like be comfortable uh, who I am. Yeah, that's huge. I wish someone would have done the same for me because it, it actually, the, the, the content that people have resonated with most with recently is just me being real and just like throwing out what I'm thinking, Authentic. how I feel just like, cause people don't resonate with a perfect, perfectly edited Instagram photo. People don't resonate with you saying like, I, I just PR today. Like I'm, I'm winning all like I did a physique. I told you, you got to keep giving value and be, yeah. be yourself and give value. That shit's not valuable. The, the shit that's valuable is, is are issues that people are, are dealing with every day and, and things that people don't want to talk about. People that feel things that people feel insecure about that, that social media doesn't talk about. They talk about the trips and the food and the, 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 the things that they're winning at, but they never talk about the, the rest of it. So thanks for coming on the show and, and adding so much value. That's, like it was just real. That's that's what I liked about the episode. It's just real shit that people are going to be able to to identify with and improve on. Yeah, I try to be as blunt as possible. That's why my um, podcast that I have is called Honest Conversation. Also, too, dude, a lot of people. This is why I like podcasts because a lot of people don't do this anymore. They don't just talk like one on one. You know, like I didn't look at my phone one time. My phone's been face down this entire like podcast. You know, and I think that's so important too. Is like not being on your fucking phone make eye contact and actually have a conversation with them. And once you like, once you start making eye contact with people in person, whether that be, you know, not just women in general, because you'll like, if you do a women too, like you'll find out how attracted they are to you. And, um, but just do it with everybody and you'll find out so much just based off one thing. Like if they're nervous, um, what they actually think about you, you can, you can see so much when you just make eye contact with someone. Yeah, it's crazy. And I, I think that's why I'm getting such so much value out of out of podcasting is because first of all, I'm meeting all these influential people and, and having like going deep into their lives, but also because I'm sitting here face to face looking looking at them and nothing else. My phone I take out my phone during episodes to to like take take notes take on notes them, and stuff, but, yeah. But I, I I try and I try as best I can to type without even looking at it because it's it's yeah, it's huge. All right, so where can the listeners find you if they want some content creation help? Yeah, if you need to contact me, there's a, I got a phone number, I got a LinkedIn, and then I got ericodito.com. All right, guys, thanks for making it to the end of this episode. It was a super long one, I know. I broke my promise. It was not 30 minutes, but hopefully you still got a lot of value out of it, just as I did. Eric and I definitely had fun bullshitting for about two hours, as we usually do. So as always, if you guys liked the episode... Send me a message on Instagram at the Fit Adam. Let me know what you liked about it. If you have any ideas for me for the next episode, I will gladly take them. Thanks again for listening to the fittest guy in the office. I'm Adam, and I'll catch you next time.